engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's nine after the hour. We have a statement from Mark Judge. He is the second person accused of sexually assaulting uh, Christine Blasey Ford. He says, I did not ask to be involved in this matter, nor did anyone ask me to be involved. The only reason I am involved is because Dr. Christine Blasey Ford remembers me as the other person in the room during the alleged assault. In fact, I have no memory of this alleged incident. Brett Kavanaugh and I were friends in high school, but I do not recall the party described in Dr. Ford's letter. More to the point, I never saw Brett act in the manner Dr. Ford describes. I have no more information to offer the committee, and I do not wish to speak publicly regarding the incidents described in Dr. Ford's letter. Uh, This is from uh, his lawyer. So there you go. That is from Mark Judge. Why do we need to drag him into this? Um, there's no reason to. He and Brett Kavanaugh deny this. Now, there is brand news, I, a, a brand new breaking news. I need to bring you up to speed on this. Uh, Chuck Grassley in the last 15 minutes or so has said he is thinking of canceling Monday's hearing. The reason is because they cannot find... Um, they can't find Ms. Ford. She's nowhere to be found. They have tried every avenue by which to reach out to her, and she's not there. And I got to tell you, uh, I am being told, and it is now being reported elsewhere, that Republicans in the Senate are increasingly convinced this is a Democrat dirty trick and that there is no there there. Even the Republican female senators that this entire thing was designed to attract uh, has uh, it seems to be doubling down on this is nonsense. Well, the Democrats are coordinating this. And y'all, again, I, I want to review for you what I told you would happen last week. Because I am not a prophet. I cannot see the future. But what I know is how these political attacks are done because I used to do them for a living. In fact, in some capacities with the resurgent.com, I still do. You release a little bit, you wait for a response, then you release a little more to directly challenge that response and raise questions about it. Then you wait for a response, then you release a little more to angle the attack in a different direction. What happened? Late last week, Dianne Feinstein said that she's aware of an accuser who says something terrible, that, that Brett Kavanaugh did something to her. She doesn't say what. She says she forwards it to the FBI with the name of the accuser redacted. The FBI says they're not going to do anything about it. So then they come out and they say, wait, 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 it's sexual assault. He tried to rape a girl. In 1980-something, 82 or 83. Well, then it turns out that there were four boys present at the party. Well, then it turns out we don't actually know if it was 82 or 83. It could have been as early as 80 or 81. She doesn't remember the year. She doesn't remember the month. She doesn't remember the day. Uh, And now she says there weren't four there. There were two there, and it was her therapist who got it wrong. But she's adamant she told her therapist it was Brett Cavanaugh, but the therapist's notes don't have his name. The story has changed. By the way, now there's apparently another person who is at the party who can vouch for her, but she won't provide the name of the person who can vouch for her. 
But each time we see this happen, so there, there are no, there's no corroboration, there are no eyewitnesses. Wait, 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 we have someone. Well, who is it? Well, we can't tell you who it is. Well, let's bring them both and have that. Well, no, 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 we, we got to have an FBI investigation. This is all too predictable. This is why one of the many reasons I don't believe Christine Blasey Ford is because I scripted this out to you on the radio last week and on Twitter and told you exactly what would happen, how it would happen, and the steps it would take. And it has played out exactly as I told you it would. And the reason it has is because this is how you do a coordinated political attack, including the talking point that I told you yesterday was about to start coming out because I saw resistance members start trotting it out online, including some very prominent members of the so-called resistance who clearly are helping coordinate and push the story. Let me play you these. I told you this was going to happen. I said on Twitter this was going to happen. It is that predictable. This is uh, Senator Hirono from Hawaii first. Um, let's see if I can get her sound pulled up. She, and of course, we also have this panel on CNN making the exact same claim about what we're hearing from the United States Senate. Of course it helps that there are women on that committee, but you know what? I expect the men in this country and the men in this committee, and many of them, believe me, because we all signed on to this letter to uh, demand an FBI investigation, but really, guess who's perpetuating all of these kinds of ac actions? It's the men in this country, and I just want to say to the men in this country, just shut up and step up. Shut do up the right thing. and step up and do the right thing. And it, it, it's the Republican men, you know. He, here's CNN. The optics for Republicans are going to be really tricky if this goes forward on Monday for exactly the reason that you said. You've got all white men on the Republican side here. And a lot of them are, are talking and thinking back to those Anita Hill hearings. And when you watch those clips in, in, in today's context uh, and you think about, uh, you know, a similar panel, a similar looking panel asking those types of questions. I think there's no doubt that that would not go over well. In oh, you know, and I'm not even going to play the rest of the clip. This, this is, and I can't say that the, what the letters BS stand for, but we've heard this now 48 hours. This is like Anita Hill. You're going to have all white men. It's all white men. All the Republicans, all white men on the committee. It's how can she get a fair hearing with all white men? There are women on that committee as well. They happen to be Democrats. I'm sure they will bend over backwards to hear her side of the story. What about Brett Kavanaugh? It is amazing to me that the people who take the position that Donald Trump is an affront to the American Republican and its Democratic institutions have decided that an accusation equals guilt and Brett Kavanaugh should not be allowed to face his accuser. American Constitutional Law 101, every American is innocent until proven guilty and any person accused of a crime has the right to face his accuser. And the Democrats don't want to allow Brett Kavanaugh either of those. They want to say that Donald Trump is an authoritarian and a threat to our republic and a threat to our democracy. And they want a man to have to stand for an accusation and have his life ruined. And, of course, they're immediately going to, well, you, you know, here's Chris Eliza and, and Jim Acosta on CNN. You know what they're going to. Well, the identity nominee was Merrick Garland, who is Barack Obama's pick. Right. to fill the seat. And let's do one more. I think we have one more. Mitch McConnell talking about this. Oh, we'll skip that. But McConnell said the same thing. Here's Mayor Cohen. 293 days between the day Barack Obama nominated him and the day that nomination was fully dropped. So Brett Kavanaugh has not waited nearly as long. Yep. There, there we go. This is, this is going to be the talking point tomorrow. 
we're going to move from an all-male all-male panel of Republicans to, what's the rush? You waited so long for Merrick Garland. You can wait long for this. And every single thing is not about justice. It's not about truth. Not even about equality. It's about running the clock out for the election. That's what this is. Drip, 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 drip. This is just crazy. Diane Feinstein, by the way, has just said uh, that, that Professor Ford is a woman that has been, I think, profoundly impacted on this. I can't say that everything is truthful. I don't know. She just said this, by the way. She just said this. I can't say that everything is truthful. I don't know. I mean, this is this is this is profound. We are witnessing the assassination of a man's character, not because the Democrats believe the accusation, but because they believe he might be a vote against Roe versus Wade. This has nothing to do with truth. This has nothing to do with justice. This has everything to do with abortion politics. That's what this is all about. You do not have a credible accusation, folks. If this is a credible accusation, I don't know what an uncredible accusation is. You have a 35-some-odd-year-old accusation, and I have to put it that way because we don't know how long ago because she doesn't know the year. It could have been when he was 16 years old. You do realize that based on her time frame, he could have been 16 years old. We don't have any witnesses. The two people she named vehemently deny it. The people that the accused knew in high school, I'll say this was be completely outside of his character at that time and now. She didn't tell anyone until 2012 after there was increased media speculation in the New Yorker, the Washington Post, and the New York Times that he could be Mitt Romney's pick for the Supreme Court. And then when he wasn't, she didn't say anything again until 2018 when she called the Washington Post herself and said she wanted to report what he did to her. And then she emailed Diane Feinstein and then decides, oh, I don't want anybody to know about this, so I'm going to go hire a lawyer and take a polygraph. None of that makes sense unless this is a partisan Democrat attack by an abortion industry and the Democratic politicians in its pocket to stop someone they think could be a vote against Roe versus Wade. That's what this is all about. They are willing to kill a man's character and career in order to continue killing kids. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. 
Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 27 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Now, when we come back, I want to start taking your phone calls on the Kavanaugh situation. We have other news I really do want to get to, but the Kavanaugh situation is changing almost by the minute at this point. I want to remind you, Dianne Feinstein has just come out in the past few minutes. According to Fox News, this is Dianne Feinstein's quote from just a few minutes ago, reported by Connor Marley of Fox. Dianne Feinstein on Professor Ford says, Professor Ford is a woman that has been, I think, profoundly impacted on this. I can't say that everything is truthful. I don't know. That's Dianne Feinstein, who held on to this letter for two months and only now wants an FBI investigation. That's Dianne Feinstein. The Democrats are playing games with this. They're not serious about this. I don't know why we should treat this more seriously than the Democrats who sat on this for two months. After the hour, Eric Erickson here. I want to play you some sound from the Senate earlier today. Senate Republicans increasingly frustrated with what they see as a delay. Here's Senator John Cornyn. So far, uh, Dr. Ford's lawyer has refused to respond to um, invitations to participate in a bipartisan process, which is traditional in judicial uh, nominations, either responding to the staff for an interview or even the invitation to come testify on Monday, uh, but we certainly hope that she takes advantage of this opportunity if she still would like to. Um, if she'd prefer to do this in a closed setting, that's her choice, but we've offered her basically either an open or closed setting. And here's Senator Mitch McConnell about Dianne Feinstein's handling of this. It is still disturbing, however, to uh, <clears throat> think about the way in which this is developed right at the end. Uh, the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee had notice of this for quite some time and decided to spring it right at the end. And it's pretty obvious this is all about delaying the process. But the accuser certainly does deserve a right to be heard. And we're looking forward to hearing what she has to say on Monday. Judge Kavanaugh, as you know, has been anxious to testify. And I'm sure he'll be here as well. You know, so the New York Times has trotted out Anita Hill. It is worth remembering the Anita Hill accusations cropped up uh, 27 years ago when she accused Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment. A Democratic Senate confirmed Clarence Thomas after an FBI investigation. And here's the thing. The same pattern is here that... Democrats knew about the Anita Hill allegations. 
They waited until the confirmation process was concluding and his vote was coming up. They knew Clarence Thomas had the votes to be confirmed. And so Anita Hill comes forward and makes these accusations. The FBI looked into it. George W. George H.W. Bush uh, had the FBI look into it. Why? Well, because he and Anita Hill were co-workers. And she was claiming something within 10 years. This wasn't going back 35 to 38 years. And the FBI concluded there was no there there. But they reopened hearings. Anita Hill, of course, she passed a polygraph test too, just like Christine Blasey Ford. But there was no there there. So it was a group of liberals who were horrified at the idea of a black conservative taking Thurgood Marshall's spot on the United States Supreme Court. The same thing is happening here. They are horrified that a conservative would take Anthony Kennedy's spot because he was a swing vote. They don't think that Kavanaugh will be. They think he's too devoutly Catholic as well. So they've trotted a woman who's even less credible than Anita Hill, who in and of herself was not credible, to claim that at some point in high school, at some point in the early 80s, somewhere in America that she's not sure about, he and this other guy tried to assault her but didn't because they were too drunk. But there are no witnesses. There's no corroboration. But you better believe her. Brett Kavanaugh is a liar and he needs to step aside. This is a lynching of Brett Kavanaugh. Clarence Thomas called it a high-tech lynching. Let me, let me get his exact phrase right. A high-tech lynching for uppity blacks by white liberals. That is how Clarence Thomas described what was happening to him. This is the Democrats weaponizing the Me Too movement to take out someone they think might harm abortion rights. They call it women's rights, but this is all about abortion. This is how badly abortion has polluted politics in America, that they have no shame in destroying a really good guy who for decades has left his office wherever he worked and gone out and fed the homeless with a Catholic charity in Washington, D.C. He's coached basketball teams. He's been a mentor to, and none of the women he's been a mentor to have come forward and, and said anything negative. They're, they're all coming forward and defending him. In every terrible case, there's been a pattern. There's no pattern here. There's a woman who claims something happened some odd years ago. She doesn't know how long ago. She doesn't know what year. And I get memory, but in, in victim's memory. But hey, you, you you want me to say we have to believe her because you know victims that their memories their their memory can be spotty because of the trauma. Well, and you want me to believe her because her memory can be spotty because of trauma. Memory's a crazy thing. The left has built up entire arguments against memory, and now suddenly we're supposed to believe everything. The whole thing. This is a disrespectful character assassination of Brett Kavanaugh to try to save Roe versus Wade. That's all this is. You know, this this is a study in contrast. Uh, the media is not even attempting to find Christine Blasey Ford. They're, they're not even going to seek out Dianne Feinstein to ask her why this woman won't come forward. But they're camped out. The media has surrounded Brett Kavanaugh's house. And his wife and daughter's are serving the reporters cupcakes this afternoon. Y'all, 
it, it angers me to see a good man having his life ruined so that progressives can kill kids because that's what this is about. They're trying to assassinate a man's character so that they can continue killing kids. There's no blunter, more direct way to put it. That's what it's about. You know it and I know it. You know they're not interested in the truth because immediately after the allegations came out, they coordinated a hit job that these were credible accusations and he needed to step aside. What about the American value of an accuser being able to face or an, an accused being able to face his accuser? What about the American value of innocent until proven guilty? No, no, no. This isn't a judicial hearing. So you get to make stuff up and ruin a man's life and demand that he step aside, that is a dangerous precedent. You do this with, with Brett Kavanaugh, they're going to do it to every single nominee moving forward. And the Democrats aren't going to be the ones just doing it. The Republicans will start doing it to the Democrat ones as well. We know it. And when they start trotting out abortion and, and we got to protect women's rights against Brett Kavanaugh and, and Merrick Garland, what was treated worse, what you can see and hear is that they're saying they don't care about the truth here. This is payback for Merrick Garland. This is all a protection racket for Roe versus Wade. The truth is meaningless to them. They blast Donald Trump and say he lies and his supporters believe the lies. And here they are lying to destroy a good man. Erickson here. I'm going to go back to the phones real quick. Fred in Roswell, we've only got about a minute, but wanted to get you in here. Hey, uh, I'd like to ask a question. It's concerning Keith Ellison. Yes. Uh, He's been accused, uh, I don't believe it's sexual abuse, but it's physical abuse of a former girlfriend. And there's a police report. And there's a police report, and there's uh, the the son of her. Now, Now, to be honest, she has refused to release the video. Uh, so that's full disclosure, yeah. but there, there's actually a police report and there is one corroborating person who happens to be her son. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is again, this is a Democrat double standard and let's not forget Beto O'Rourke. They're, they're telling us we can't hold against Beto O'Rourke, a, a, a drunken head on crash that he attempted to flee from when he was 29 years old and then used his dad's judicial connections to get out of trouble. We, we can't hold that against him. He's worth continuing to support in Texas or Ted Kennedy, the, the, the great lion of the Senate, they called him, who killed a woman. The Democrats were perfectly fine with all of these people. But one woman making an accusation from 35-plus years ago with no witnesses and no corroborating evidence, by God, Brett Kavanaugh needs to burn. This is all about abortion politics and the religion of the left. It's just unreal. After the hour, I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Believe it or not, I'm going to move on temporarily. I will take your Kavanaugh calls. Just be patient with me. But we have spent now two full days on this. 
And there is other news playing out, including here in Georgia, where a judge has decided that electronic voting can go forward in November despite the risk of hacking because there's not enough time to rearrange the the election. Now, I could have told them that was going to happen. And part of this, you do need to understand that the Democrats are playing up this election hacking issue to attack Brian Kemp. Much of this was a backdoor attack on Brian Kemp. See, they hold Brian Kemp responsible. It was actually uh, Democrat Kathy Cox in 2000, after the the 2000 election, who began to make the transition to electronic voting. Karen Handel then became Secretary of State, uh, completed the transition, and, and I don't I, I don't say Democrat Kathy Cox to make this a partisan issue. She was just Secretary of the State at the time, uh, one of the Democrats I regularly voted for for statewide office, and she was quite good as a Secretary of State, as was Karen Handel as is Brian Kemp. They moved to this system after the Palm Beach County butterfly ballot in the 2000 election that caused so many problems. By the way, George W. Bush did win Florida. Uh, It's fake news to say he didn't. I know there are Democrats out there listening who are aggrieved by this. Nonetheless, what people don't understand about the Georgia voting machines is, yes, they are a computer. Computers can be hacked. Yes, this computer can be hacked. But to hack these machines, you you can't do it over the internet. Yes, they were able to show someone logged in uh, to a statewide election server that had election data on it, but that wasn't the voting machines. The voting machines are electronic. They're computers. They can be hackable if you're standing there in front of the machine and know how to hack it. But you've got to have in Georgia a photo ID to be able to approach the machines to vote. So this was was an improbable scenario to begin with. It's not impossible, but it's highly improbable. The entire reason for the lawsuit is because they wanted to smear Brian Kemp in a partisan attack. Uh, They wanted to build the case that the whole discombobulation over the election was his incompetence and make people angry and make them blame Brian Gump. The fact of the matter is the Georgia voting machines that Georgia uses are good machines. I support a paper ballot. I supported a paper ballot when we were making this transition. Frankly, I think we need to get rid of early voting. I think we need to get rid of advanced voting. I think we need to get rid of every form of voting other than election day voting unless you're in the military or you're infirmed and incapable of showing up on election day. I think early voting causes fraud. I think early voting and and the, the, the liberal use of absentee ballots causes irregular voting. We should be voting on election day. It should be a civic thing where we all turn out on election day and vote, not say, oh, I'm going to mail in my ballot three months ahead of time. But what's so funny here is that the left in this country has increasingly tried to liberalize how people can vote and now is shocked and appalled that uh, there may be election fraud. The Russians might be to blame. They're blaming the Russians for all of it. It's just a silly argument and the judge thankfully saw the judge is right there are flaws and i do believe we should have a paper ballot 
I just I I I, I trust paper. These machines can crash. Things can happen. I mean, paper short of a fire, you're going to have the paper. And I like that. But there's nothing wrong with our election system in Georgia. The idea that it's going to get hacked by the Russians or, or whoever is nonsense, unless the Russians physically fly to Georgia, get a voter ID, register to vote so that they can get a card to show up in front of the voting machine. It's not going to happen. And the scare scenarios out there by so many people are actually scare scenarios by people who don't actually know how Georgia's machines work. I'm going to jump back into phone calls now. I got a lot of people who want to talk about Brett Kavanaugh still and the Kavanaugh situation. I will tell you, I am being told uh, by people. I've been trading text messages during commercial break and stuff. Not not while I'm on the program, just during commercial break with folks who are um, very convinced that this accusation, the momentum is going away from it. Uh, Republicans in the Senate are becoming increasingly frustrated with the Democrats and so convinced that this is a Democratic dirty trick uh, that we may see a confirmation vote. We're not going to see it on Thursday now, but we may very well see a confirmation vote for Brad Kavanaugh next week uh, in the committee. And it doesn't look like we're going to get lose any of the Republicans on the committee, including Jeff Flake, who also, I'm told, is very, very angry with the way the Democrats have handled this and the fact that they've given Christine Blasey Ford ample opportunity to reply and say she's going to show up and she's not answering them. Uh, back to the phones, Avery and Roswell, you're next. Welcome. Uh, yes, Eric. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to wonder, could this Brett Kavanaugh thing be a positive for Republicans um, in terms of, you know, a lot of people have been thinking, especially, I know you said, uh, uh, with the polls that some uh, Republicans might not vote because, you know, oh, the polls are wrong. I got a chance. But, you know, should that ignite, move people to vote for Republican to keep something like this from happening again? You know, I hope so. There, there actually it could be a scenario. I think if they have Brett Kavanaugh on Monday and allow him to answer the questions from all the Republicans and Democrats about this incident and deny them all, and continue to point out that they gave her an opportunity to show up and she wouldn't show up. Uh, I, I think this could. I, I think the Republicans could turn the tables on the Democrats on this. Ultimately, though, uh, Avery, I think the news cycle moves so fast that by the time people get to November, this isn't going to matter one way or the other. I, I, I really do think the news cycle moves so fast, it's hard for people to keep up. I mean, remember, we've already had the North Korean summit in, in Singapore this year. We've had the president bomb Syria. We've had the the, the uh, mess up with the, the VA um, chief and a new VA secretary. We, we've had hurricanes. I mean, people cannot keep up with the news cycles anymore. People will have forgotten about this by November. That's why the Democrats want to keep dragging it out, trying to get it closer to November. Lynn in Gainesville, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. It's great to speak with you. Um, my husband and I were just discussing what the next, um, you know, scenario is going to be, and that's probably what we what we're speculating is that. Um, she's going to have been so traumatized by the Republicans and all of the people, you know, I guess the deplorables or whatever you want to call us, um, that she couldn't possibly come forward. Oh, that, that's um, exactly it, that she's scared and intimidated and frightened. Right. And she doesn't want Brett Kavanaugh there. And, she, you know, the Republicans have structured it that uh, if she's questioned, it's uh, Brett Kavanaugh's lawyer gets to ask her questions because you're allowed right. to confront your accuser. And, oh, well, we can't do that. 
Right, and 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 to have her attorney say that she she has no culpability, I guess you would say. Yes, and all she's of already this. said that, by the way, that that she has uh, no responsibility to prove the allegations is what her attorney said. So that 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 goes to the Democrat mantra that you are guilty yes. until you are proven innocent. And there is no way to prove your innocence. I mean, this all reminds me of the Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> sketch of the witch. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, burn him. If he burns, he's a witch. If he doesn't burn, yeah. he's a witch, so we have yeah. to drown him. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. what this is, Lynn. Thanks very much for the phone call. I mean, there there is no way. The Democrats have structured this so there's no way for Brett Kavanaugh to be innocent. And for the rest of his life now on the Supreme Court, the Democrats are going to say, well, you got two men up there who abused women, meaning Clarence Thomas and him. Uh, I, I look forward to the next Democratic nominee being accused of abusing someone so that Republicans can forever say, oh, no, 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 don't forget the don't forget the Democratic nominee up there. I mean, that's what they're doing here. This is this is something in uh, the fact that she won't testify. Now, something could happen. Maybe there's another shoot. I'm sure the Democrats right now are working to find someone else to come forward to corroborate, to claim to corroborate, or to accuse, they've got to have someone else come forward now. And that's what the rest of this week is going to be about, is how do they roll out the second person? They've got to have a second person now, given what's happening here. Um, they, they've, they've got to find someone to keep the momentum going. Whether or not they do, we'll see. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked with all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy no matter what you do online your mobile carrier internet service providers they're tracking you doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company wherever you're getting your internet from you're probably being tracked with ExpressVPN your internet data is encrypted your IP address is hidden ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month it's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 26 after the hour and Andrew's playing good music as we come back from break. <laughs> doesn't like my bluegrass music now i need a, a personal moment here to tell you all that you should be proud of me i have for five days now gone back into the cult the cult where all of my problems started in 2015 
That's right. I've been to CrossFit. Yeah. You know, back at the end of 2015, I decided, hey, this will be fun. I won't go to the regular gym anymore. I'll go to CrossFit. And I thought I was old and was having trouble keeping up and couldn't catch my breath. Well, nope. Turns out I had blood clots in my lungs. And and my doctor's like, you know, you could have killed over dead in a workout. Well, you know, I've decided to go back. It's been two years trying to get in shape. I don't want Fat Eric on billboards around Atlanta if if we ever put billboards up. So I I figure I need to get back in shape. Y'all, they made me do something called a double under. I nearly doubled over from this double under nonsense where you do a jump. I haven't done a jump rope since I was in elementary school. I thought if I spun so fast, I was going to reverse puberty or something. Where you're jumping and the thing's got to go under your legs twice in one jump. You got to do 60 of them. And then you got to do burpees where you do a burpee with a push-up and jump over a box and do another one. It was awful. And then they had this snatch and grab or some such where you grab a, a dumbbell and you jump up with it and put it over your head. By the time you've done the 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 the, the jump rope and the burpees, your hands are so sweaty, it's a get the hell out of the way because you pull the dumbbell up and it goes flying out of your sweaty hand. I mean, they, I got to wear a hard hat to do CrossFit. It was dangerous. I, I'm going to have to go back to clots in my lungs or something. It's safer than CrossFit. It's 38 after the hour. Well, welcome to the fall of America. The grand controversy this afternoon on social media is not Brett Kavanaugh. It has nothing to do with our democratic institutions, our Republican institutions, our constitutional institutions. No, no. It has to do with whether Bert and Ernie are gay. Yep, Bert and Ernie. Now, Frank Oz is the creator of Bert and Ernie. And Frank Oz has said that Bert and Ernie are not gay. That they are friends, best friends. According to a statement from Sesame Street, they were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they're identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, they're puppets. They don't have a sexual orientation. Frank Oz says they're not gay. Now, of course, Frank Oz this afternoon is now being attacked as a homophobe because he's saying Bert and Ernie aren't gay. But... This is all coming about because a a writer, Mark Salzman, who's apparently been a uh, staff writer for Sesame Street since 1984, has declared that he knows Bert and Ernie, and they're gay. He's a staff writer. Now, I got to tell you, Bert and Ernie have had people's fists up their backside since forever. I mean, I'm... But, I mean, ultimately, they're Muppets. And I think we should go with Sesame Street and their creator, Frank Oz. But it, it is it is striking to me that we live in a day and age where this is controversial, uh, that this guy is adamant, but the creator of them, Frank Oz, the famous Frank Oz, Yoda Frank Oz, and Sesame Street have said, no, actually, they're not gay. They're puppets without sexual orientation. They are to show that friends can get along and how friends for preschool kids, how friends should be able to associate. I, 
the whole the sexualization of puppets, this whole sexualization of everything in the United States of America today is just uh, part of the decline and fall of, of and, and, you know, I'm not even in the, oh, we're the Roman Empire and we're in virgin collapse. I, I'm not in that camp. Uh, I don't think we're anywhere near that. Any student of history should should run far away from that argument. But still, I mean, we do have a collapsing society that is over-sexualized. And this is part of it, the sexualization of puppets uh, that are not designed to relate to adults or even teenagers, but to preschool kids who don't know anything about sex. And if they do, then there's a serious problem with how they're being raised. I mean, that honestly, folks, that, that that's kind of where we are here. Let's be honest about this. Um, it is the, the whole idea that Burton, Ernie, Big Bird, you name it, um, the, the count, that they should in some way be sexualized should be offensive to all of us. These are characters who were designed for children to learn how to relate to the world at large in not a sexual way, but in a civil way. And we have people who are trying to sexualize them. And that speaks badly about those people not about the characters. And it speaks badly of people who are raising their kids to be more and more sexualized in this culture. That doesn't end well for our culture when this happens. Kids should be kids as long as possible. And too many parents make a fatal flaw in parenting of wanting to be their kid's best friend as opposed to their parent. And wanting to allow their kid to experience things because the parent wants to experience them. I, I know people, they will go nameless. We moved our kids to a new school because of some folks like this who they wanted to go to an R-rated movie. So they take the kid, the third grader, to the R-rated movie. And the theater, I, for God's sake, let them in. Your kid is not your friend. It's your child. You are their parent. You are not their friend. Don't forget that. Now, we've got to go to an audio clip that happened on CNN a short time ago. Uh, Jim Acosta and um, others on CNN, they're playing a clip that MSNBC and Democratic operatives drummed up. Elizabeth Warren and others pushed it out first. MSNBC got a hold of it, and now CNN. Here's Jim Acosta and them listening to this. Uh, i got to redirect sound here on my soundboard for you to be able to hear this one. Let's see if I can do it. I, by coincidence, three classmates of mine at Georgetown Prep were graduates of this law school in 1990 and are really, really good friends of mine, Mike Bidwell, Don Ergo, and Phil Merkel, and they were good friends of mine. Uh, then and are still good friends of mine as we can, as recently as this weekend when we were all on email together. Uh, but fortunately, we had a, we had a good saying that we've we've held firm to to, the, uh, to this day, as the dean uh, was reminding me before uh, before the talk, which is what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. That's been a good thing for all of us, I think. Now you, you understand from this full clip that he's talking about three people he went to Columbia Law School with who he also happened to go to high school with. He wasn't talking about himself. Here now is Jim Acosta. 
piece of video that we just uh, uh, found. Uh, it shows Brett Kavanaugh back in 2015, uh, getting back to what Joey Jackson was saying a few moments ago about what happened uh, at Georgetown Prep, what happened during the uh, high school days of Brett Kavanaugh. And here's Brett Kavanaugh talking about that, some vi uh, video that's been unearthed by our team uh, just the last few minutes. Fortunately, we had a, we had a good saying that we've we've held firm to to, the, uh, to this day, as the dean uh, was reminding me before uh, before the talk, which is what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. That's been a good thing for all of us, I think. Obviously, Susan, not a conclusive uh, you know piece of video that says you know that he did anything, but it is it does speak to uh, this notion that perhaps you know he, there are, there are portions of his childhood that he would rather not come to light, I suppose. Uh, what, what do you make of how all of this is being handled and, and, and this possibility that we may have a hearing on Monday without Christine Blasey Ford? Right, so I think that probably is more of an unfortunate joke, certainly one that he'll regret now. Uh, you know, but I think it's important to, to realize... I mean, even the Democratic strategist there doesn't accept that this is... It, it, notice again... Those Jim Jim Acosta says CNN got this, that somehow they got this. No, the Democrats circulated this clip. He didn't say the Democrats pushed out this clip. Says they dug it up. They didn't dig it up. They got it from Democrats. And let me again play for you the actual audio where he's not talking about himself. He's talking about three friends he went to Columbia Law School with who also went to high school with him. I, by coincidence, three classmates of mine at Georgetown Prep were graduates of this law school in 1990 and are really, really good friends of mine, Mike Bidwell, Don Ergo, and Phil Merkel, and they were good friends of mine uh, then and are still good friends of mine as, we can, as recently as this weekend when we were all on email together. Uh, but fortunately, we had, a, we had a good saying that we've, we've held firm to to, the, uh, to this day, as the dean uh, was reminding me before. Uh, before the talk, which is what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. Yeah, he was talking about friends of his. He wasn't talking about himself. It is 54 after the hour. I'm I'm still baffled by the Burton Ernie stuff, y'all. I I really am. There's I I see no reason for them to go down that road with with kids. If anything, I, I think they're adults hung up on this because of the propensity of adults to fail to grow up these days. Um, real quick before we get out of here, let me make a couple of predictions about what's going to happen this week, as I've been doing. Uh, I I think the Democrats are going to come forward by Friday. They are going to come forward with at least one person, a female, who will corroborate what Dr. Ford has said. They will also attempt to come forward with another accuser who will also say Brett Kavanaugh uh, did something bad to them. Uh, the accuser will again be a Democrat, easily traceable partisan ties. And the Democrats will tell us we are sexist and dismissive of victims if we point any of this stuff out. Uh, this is in the run-up to Monday. Um, they will do everything they can to trot out more people to accuse and sabotage Brett Kavanaugh. They will wait until later this week to do it so that they can demand more time and again call for an FBI investigation. Y'all, 
I was a political operative. I ran political campaigns. I know how this game is played. It is one of the many reasons why I do not believe Professor Ford. Now, in addition to not believing her because this is a this is too consistent a pattern of a political hit job. I mean, these allegations tend to, if, when they're real, that they come about organically. This is this is not organic. This is organized. She called the Washington Post. Then she called Diane Feinstein. Then she claimed she wanted anonymity and didn't want to talk about it. And concurrently, going to get a lawyer and a polygraph so that she would have it when she was exposed. Uh, Diane Feinstein trots this stuff out, waits until after all the hearings are over to trot it out, holding on to it for two months, demands an FBI investigation, hands it to the FBI without giving the woman's name, and then there's all this, oh, she didn't want to be identified, but we found who she is, and we know all the details. No. No, no, no. This is Media Protocol 101. You're not going to go out and run all of these stories exposing this woman and her story when she's claimed to be a victim. We've seen how many of these sexual assault stories about famous people where the victims don't want to be named. And so they don't name them or they don't run the story. Yet they ran this story with all the copious details because she wanted it out there. And now they're dripping out little clips like the Brett Kavanaugh clip I played you, how, how Jim Acosta played it on CNN, taking a small excerpt to say, oh, he must have done something bad in his childhood he doesn't want exposed. Drip, 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 drip. They're now out there working very hard to find a victim. And they're hanging on to his words. He says he wasn't at this party where this happened. They're like, oh, so you know what party it was and you're covering for someone else. He says, no, I, I didn't do it. Well, he wasn't at the party. People are hanging on to him saying, I wasn't at this party. And all he means is he didn't go to any party where he sexually assaulted anyone. Stop trying to twist his words.